Stand by. Muted. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God bless everybody tonight. This is Pastor Lefton Hayes. Pastor Lefton Sharon Hayes and I here uh, tonight to host the Thursday night, amen, wisdom call and Bible study and prayer. And we just want to welcome all of you tonight for taking the time out on this Thursday evening and getting on the call, picking up the phone and dialing in, amen. Obviously, you're expecting God to say something that, you know, can help you, to benefit you, to, you know, encourage you, to motivate you, to educate you, and to enlighten you on some things about God that is being revealed through his word. And we call it the revelation of, of, of God, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, amen, who is God the Son. And so we're just so elated tonight to be with you, to be able to have this opportunity to share with you uh, tonight on this wisdom call. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off at this morning and go a little bit deeper and, and explore and examine and investigate the word a little bit more. Amen. Because if we ever plan to love our neighbors as ourselves, we need some instructions on how to go about that. <laughs> it is not as the easiest task as if, if people make it out to be. Sometimes it can pose a lot of challenges, you know, because a lot of times our neighbors involve more than the person who lived next door for 20 years. Sometimes it's people you've never met, you know, and so you have to treat them like your neighbor, though, or to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're going to learn that tonight. It was important that he taught his disciples, his followers, to teach people to do that. And so we want to be able to, to broaden that conversation and then, you know, and improve our ability to, to learn how to love our neighbor, not the way I think I should, not the selective neighbor, not the pick-and-choose neighbors, not the one across the street, but hate the one on the left side of me. Well, all of our neighbors, you know, God defines who our neighbors are, okay? And that, that's, that's, that's his, his, his saying, not mine. We have to love our neighbors and who he says our neighbors who are neighbors, which is really everybody, okay? Because if they're not in the house with me, they're my neighbor. You know, so they're my neighbor, you know, and they don't have to necessarily live on my street, they're my neighbor, they're my community, but they're my neighbor, according to the scripture, you know, and so we're, we're going to take a look at that tonight. It's, you know, that's that other test we were talking about. You know, remember, there's seven different levels of tests that we got to, you got to, we got to prove that we know who he is, and this is how you do it. You know, if he loved people and treated them like they were his neighbors, hey, we're not exempt. And so that's going to be kind of what we look at tonight, amen, and, you know, proving that, you know, that we know him. That's, that's the bottom line. By loving our neighbors as ourselves, amen. God requires it, and uh, we have to be about it. There's no way around it. Amen. And so we're going to begin tonight looking at, we finished up this morning with uh, verse 6, and I think the last verse we went over was out of the book of Second John, chapter 1, verse 9, the King James Bible where it says, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God, and he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. That's very important, because when God's Word says or commands us or instructs us to love our neighbor, that's the doctrine of Jesus Christ. He was known for that, loving everybody equally across the board, you know. And so that doctrine of Jesus Christ teaches us that is required of us, that is commanded of us, that is demanded of us according to the doctrines of Jesus Christ. And if we're not going to love our neighbors as ourselves, guess what? We're not operating following the doctrine, the doctrine and the teaching of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to take a look at this tonight. Amen. And the next test is loving your neighbor. Uh,
And he says, I write no new commandment unto you. In other words, what he's saying, you have already the first commandment I've given you. So I'm not writing a new one. I may add on to the ones I've given you. I may even elaborate or expound on them or clarify them or give you more understanding or bring a brighter enlightenment so you have a clear understanding, you know, about these commandments unto you. But then he goes on to say, but an old commandment which he had be uh, had from the beginning. So you see why he's calling them brethren now because they've been down this road before. And some of them may have backslid. Some of them may have went back out into the world. We saw that when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified. Some of them did after they heard it. They went back. They left. Some of them stayed with him all the way to the end. You know, and so we see here that he's saying this is how it was from the beginning. I really haven't changed anything. You know, and so if you knew what I said and, and, and who it was in the beginning that said it, then you should know now. Okay, let me just reemphasize it. So you see this test here is he's saying the same commandments you had from the beginning. I don't change. I'm the same God then as I am now, and I will be in the future. And until all those commandments have been fulfilled, remember what, thought, what Solomon wrote the preacher over in the book of Ecclesiastes 12, chapter, the last couple of verses there. He said, hey, the whole duty, the conclusion of the matter is the whole duty of a man is to fear God and keep his commandments. The ones from the beginning all the way to the end. They do not change, you know. And so that's our duty. That's our responsibility as Christians as he's reminding them here. Amen. Why? As they're branching out into another level of maturity in ministry. Now you've got to love more than just the brethren that sat around the table and broke bread. You know, the 12 original apostles. God is expanding the territory. He's giving increase now. And he's telling them the way that they're going, that increase is going to be. you got to pass this test by loving your neighbor now. I die for them too. Remember what I said? There is as many as are far off that are yet to come. Father sent the promise for them too. They're just a far off right now. But through your testimony, okay, God is going to draw them in. You know, because you're going to go out and you're going to tell them about my commandments. You're going to tell them that you got to love God with all your heart. You can't have another God before him. And so he's, 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 he's throwing this test out there again. And remember now, we say God tests us and God tries us. Satan tempts us. Remember, God is not tempted by nobody, does he tempt anybody. He don't have to do that kind of stuff to get about to do anything. But he will test our faith, not so much that he, he already knows, but he wants us to know what faith we have. Who is the object of our faith? Who do we put our trust and confidence and hope and rely on and assure it up? You know, that, that's, that's why he tests us. That's why. That's why he tries us, because he's trying our faith. And the scripture lets us know we must be found faithful. Why? We're the man. The called out, consecrated, separated ones. So we must be found faithful, you know. And in doing that, one of the tests is you got to love your neighbor like you love yourself. And so that's the test right there. The supreme command that God gives his brethren or his followers or his or his sheep, you know, those of the fold of God, the, the believers born again, filled with the spirit, still you and walking in the victory, is love. See, it's love. There's no greater commandment than this, love, that you love thy neighbor as thyself. You love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength. And you have no other God before him. You know, you cannot serve two masters. But if you love two masters, you'll try to serve them. It's impossible. This is why he said love God and love God only. And then love your neighbor as yourself. But don't love your neighbor more than you love God. You know, nobody. You know, and so that's the supreme command that he's given them there that has to be kept even from the beginning. Uh, it's an old command, but it's already in the scriptures. It's always been in the scriptures right from the very beginning, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to himself. But even them shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The good news is that was in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. Yeah. So it wasn't anything new. You know, it was always in God's heart to have a relationship with his creation out of love, by based on love. You know, and it, it was man who broke the relationship. You know, it was man. And so let's look at verse 8 here, talking about further about this commandment, exploring a little bit further. He says, the old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. You know, from the beginning when Jesus first came and began to preach and teach. He just reminded them of what they had already heard. You know, you know, by this man going to know that you're my, that you're my disciples, my brethren, my followers, that you love, you know, the brethren, you love each other, you love one another. You know, this is how you're going to know, you know, why? Because I'm love and you have to love. And I've given you the, 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 the power to love because I've allowed the Holy Ghost to shed it abroad in your heart 
by the Holy Ghost. That's in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5. We use that scripture quite a bit. But I love the fact that he said, by the love of God, it's been shed abroad. That word shed abroad means that somebody else has put that love all the way across your heart. Now, you can go in there and add some other stuff. But when you talk about shed abroad, that word abroad means it should cover. Some people sometimes say, I, I, they say, I love you to death. Why don't you just love them with, your, with, the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the love of God that's in your heart? And we try to correct people when we hear that and say, no, love them to life. You know, just love them. You know, with the love of God that's been shed upon your heart by the Holy Ghost. Don't love nobody to death. You know, just love them to life. Just, just love them with the love of God that's been shed upon your heart by the Holy Ghost. That's, that's, that's his love right there. You know, that's that unconditional agape love. You know, you got that Philippe love, that brotherly love. You find that a lot in some of these fraternities and these, you know, these Illuminati, these, 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 these you know, Masonic organizations and all that. But that love is limited. If you do one thing wrong, it changes in a heartbeat. But see, with God's love, it never changes. And if it's in your heart, it can't change because he's the one that has to change it, and he's not going to do that. You know, he did it with a broad stroke for a purpose, you know, because he knew your neighbor was going to need it. He knew other people without it were going to need it. He knew the world was going to need it. And sometimes they'll never know it unless they know it through a saint or a brethren or a disciple that have been loved by God. And you love others the way Christ have loved you. Same thing with forgiveness. These are principles that we live by. And he said, that is that great supreme commandment, is that we love. We walk in love. You know, that's the test. You know, that's the test. It's already in the scripture, so you don't have to go looking for it nowhere else. Just look in the scripture. You can go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's 13 verses that lays it out, the plan. All the way down to the end, and it ends with the last verse, verse 13. It says, hey, now abide is faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Some can, some kind of is the charity. So it's all right there, already in the word, amen. And he goes on to say there, you know, that again, a new commandment I write unto you, which things is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light, now shining, okay? So in a new command there was uh, that was lived out by Jesus Christ and his disciples, it is revealed by Jesus Christ, the true light, whose life and death erased darkness. That was the only way you could get rid of it. You know, because there was darkness on the land. And darkness means ignorance. It means people couldn't see their way through the commandments of God. They couldn't see their way through the law. That's why Jesus had to come and fulfill it. You know, the more that they thought they had gained advantage because they kept the law, they got more stuff got added to the law, which made it harder. You know, Ten Commandments turned into 608 different laws in a period of time. It was no way impossible that a man was going to be because they said if you didn't keep all, if you didn't keep all the law, you know, you couldn't keep no portion of it. If you kept one portion, you were supposed to keep it off for it to be, you know, effective. That's why Jesus had to came and remove that burden and then do that out of love, you know. But then he, you know, then he goes on to say to them there, you know, that, hey, you know, it's because of the, the darkness has passed. What was the darkness? Their inability to keep the law, you know, to use it the way he gave it to them, to be able to have a measuring tool for your, your, your sinful lifestyle, how you were falling short. He had to give you something that you can gauge and measure by. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not, you know, bear false witness. You know, thou shalt not have any other God before. You know, all those things, man, was because it was stuff they were guilty of doing. And the Lord was not pleased with that. You're not representing God of love by doing that. Doing those things, practicing those things thinking you're getting away with those things. So he sends the law to Moses to be able to give them some type of uh, doctrine. Remember, we just talked about the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It came from him inspired by Moses so that they would have a doctrine to live by, you know, that would show them the things that they were falling short on and then correct them in those things and then instruct them in righteousness so that the men and women of God would be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. That's what Paul told Timothy. The same teaching of Jesus Christ, Paul told Timothy. Paul told all of his sons, just like he's writing that letter to the, to the, to the Corinthian church about love. You know, it's instructive. Paul is, Paul is teaching what he had learned, what he was inspired, what saved him, you know, what opened his eyes. 
the love of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, you know, freed him. And so you see it right there. So let's just look at, you know, he said, but because the darkness is past, in other words, the, the revelations are being revealed. They were written for us so that we would know that God's son, Jesus, is the son of God and that there is no eternal life but in him. So the darkness has been removed. You're no longer ignorant to these things. I mean, you have access. You have 66 books here. You have the teachings. You, you have what has been written down and given to us. And if we're the brethren, followers of Christ, we should take full advantage that we would know how to love our neighbors. We would know how to treat our enemies. You know, God wants us to be able to maintain a relationship with every uh, human being on this earth, even the things that God created. Stewardship comes into play. You know, if you love God, you won't abuse what he's given you, such a beautiful landscape. But because there's no love in people's heart for life, they go out here, man, and cut down living things and just leave it. We, we, we ride through the neighborhood sometimes. We see where lumber companies went in there and just made a mess and left an eyesore beside the road and got the logs and went and sold them up at the open market, man, and made money and went on about their business. And someone else had to come in there and clean all that mess and fill up. Used to be a time they would go in the Forestry Commission. As soon as they cut, they would go in and plant new new pine shipments. Don't even do that anymore. Certain places they might, but they don't even do that anymore. Never replenishing. When, what do you say? Replenish. If you love God, you will do what He told you to do. Why? You'll keep those commandments from the beginning. They haven't changed. No new. The same commandment. I put you. I given you dominion. You know, and we think dominion means for one race to be over another race. One culture to be over another culture. One political party to be over another political party. You know, we have that system set up, but there's no love in it. It's been depleted of love. But we love power more than we love humility. You know, you know, we we, we, we love control more than we love being submissive. You know, no love. Hard is hard as hearts have hardened. You know, necks have gotten stiffer. More hatred, more division. More me, myself, and I. More self-will and self-rule and self-interest. Don't really care, man, how your how your fellow man is treated. You know? And so he's landed out to them there. And so he says here, you know, that the darkness is past. In other words, the light has come and shined upon us, you know? And he says, in the true light, there it is right there, now shining, okay? So this is a new commandment that was lived out by Jesus Christ. He was the light of the world, walking in darkness, walking in the midst of darkness, but he had no darkness in him. Everywhere he went, he brought light, you know, to, to first of all, to his disciples and to everybody else that was gathered there. He shined that light of the gospel. It, 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 this light he's talking about, this true light, is always revealed to Jesus Christ. He is the true light, you know. And the true light, if you're walking in it, as he is the light, there ain't no darkness, you know. There's no there's no darkness. And because his life, by sharing in his death, erased the darkness, you know, and brought in a, 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 a more excellent light, you know, you know. And so Jesus Christ is the light of the world, okay? So let's kind of take a look. Now, I want you to pay attention in verse 8 that there's a couple of uh uh, things that when it talks about the true light, I want us to take a look at some scripture reference about the light, and then we want to look at that 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 word. Uh, it's a it's a action word where it says now shining because a lot of times we say now faith is. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a there's a now there's a now to the light shining, and it's after you you have the gospel. It's after. Remember that the Bible says in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter one nineteen, I think it's verse one thirty, at the entrance of that word. So you think about what's taking place right now. This word is entering somewhere where it's darkness. It may be in a, in a person's mind that's on the line. It may be in a person who backslid mind. It may be it may be somebody out there right now. If this word is going forward, it's shining some light on some things, on some areas. And as this word continues to be posted out there and people come to it and listen to it, it's going to shine more light in their life. You know, now if they don't, the darkness remains. But if they receive this, it's going to bring light, you know. And this is what he's talking about. So we want to take a look uh, over here at a couple of scriptures that talks about this light. Uh, some reference scriptures. Uh, I always like to confirm things with the word, uh, you know. And it talks about Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. 
okay? And it goes on here in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, and listen to this. It says, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. They saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. This is what he was talking about as it was in the beginning. When? The minute Jesus popped on the scene. Remember the Bible says when he came among his very own, they didn't recognize him. Why? Why? He was full of grace. He was full of truth. And the Bible said he was the light of all men. Shout on You know, if you go read that in the first book of John, it's right there. Uh, verse 14, 15, right? 13, 12 through 13. You know, they, they missed it. That he was the light of all men. And he was right there, and they missed that light. And 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 and, and so here it is, right here. The scripture bears bears witness to what he actually did, or what it was like in the beginning. But without the the doctrine of Jesus Christ, you miss the revelation. And if you miss the revelation, you miss him. Mm-hmm. And when you miss him, guess what? You remain in darkness. You remain in darkness. Okay, because you got to have him in order to have the light. Over in the book of Luke, though, chapter. Uh, 1 verse 79 says this to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide or to guide our feet into the way of peace Ooh. now that was remember in the book of luke the first chapter it's talking about the birth of the, of, of, of the saint and look at what he was going to accomplish you know can you just imagine his mother hearing this from from the angel speaking to her putting it in her heart that her son was going to bring light to the world, the people that walked in darkness, to give light to them that sit in darkness. In the beginning, they were sitting in darkness. Now, they, they were sitting in darkness because they were ignorant. Remember the Lord said, my people perished for lack of knowledge. First the message came to the Jews. They rejected it. Then it went to the Gentiles, and some of them rejected it, but a lot of them received it, you know, because it shined a light on them. It shined a light on their darkness. You know, and some folks don't want to hear it right now. You know why? It's because of the error of their way. They know they're in darkness. That's why they run to another way, look for another way, another religion, so they can get away with darkness. You know, one of the things the Lord told me some time ago about building a bigger church. He said, no, it's just a place for sinners to hide. You know, because they, they can get in there, man, and find them a dark corner and sit down on their cell phone through the whole service. And nobody never addressed anything that would convict them. And the minute they see a line of folks running, they're throwing money at the feet, they cut, put a cell phone down and grab $25 or something and go run up there and throw it to the feet because they're so accustomed to that, sitting in darkness, mm-hmm. sitting in the seat of the scornful. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Book of Psalms, first chapter, talked about that, you know. Mm-hmm. you know. And so we see there, man, where this word was given right from the beginning. And over in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 4, here it is right here. We just talked about it. It says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Remember that. That's when Jesus became the incarnated word of God made flesh. We see in his birth right there what was prophesied about it. Now we see here after he's full grown and he's incarnated, he comes to the, to, the, to, to bring life to people as the incarnated word of God. Not human being fully fledged living among them, the son of God, or the son of man. Look at what it says. By, by, in him was life. Nobody else. You know, and the life was the light of men. There's something special about this light now. This is a different kind of light, okay? Because this light is going to force us to love our neighbors. Yeah. Love some people, man, that, that you know, we don't want to love. We don't feel comfortable about love. But this is, this is the light. If that light comes in your heart and show you the darkness you're in because you refuse to love them, you know, then guess what? You're not fulfilling the whole duty of a man. Maybe partially, but not fully. And it goes on in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12, the King James Bible says this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now he's talking to these brethren. He's talking to these disciples who are going to follow him. And he's laying some conditions out there. Remember now, if you're going to love your neighbor or love people as your neighbor as yourself, you got to follow Jesus' example. You have to also keep his commandments. And if you fear him and know the consequences for not following them, 
that's a greater crime than what somebody out there that you know that's in darkness can do to you. To be separated from God eternally because you refuse to obey His commandments and keep His commandments and fear Him and reverence Him, and you're a follower, Christ. You know, he said, if you are, you, you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to walk in, 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 in the light of life, and you're going to have that life with you. You know, that light of life. Uh, the book of John, chapter 12, verse 46, King James Bible says this, I am come as a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. That's the transition. If you believe in him, Remember, we talked about abiding this morning. You shouldn't stay in the place of darkness. Some kind of way you should be breaking out, breaking free, separating, coming out from among them. There's no way you can remain. If that if that, if that light shines on you, ain't no way you should be able to remain unless you just stubborn and stiff neck, you know, and you just decide to do it. Because he's saying right here, the criteria is if you believe, believe on me, you should not abide in darkness. So, so don't be no hypocrite now. Say one thing and do something else. You know, got to come all the way out. Then he goes on to say here in Paul's letter to the, to the Corinthian church in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, y'all get that now. It's that God is the one that commanded the light to shine out of darkness. All these folks running around here, man, with these little diamond square with an eye in the middle, talking about that's the light, putting it on their cars and all that. That ain't, ain't no light shining out of that. That's just more darkness. If you get involved in it, it just takes you down a path of darkness. You know, they call that the light. No, that ain't the light we have. That ain't the light we seek after. That ain't the light that the Lord has bought for us. That ain't the light that God has commanded to shine out of darkness. Okay? That light he's talking about is a true light. Okay? It's, it's, it's the only light that can bring you out of darkness. The other stuff puts you in more darkness. You know? And so he says, has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the faith of Jesus Christ. Okay? So when you receive that knowledge, you receive light or source of light. And look at where he says it has to be first. In your heart. Wow, that's the place God looks for it. If he looks in your heart and sees darkness, he knows there is no light there. Okay? And so you you can't really be serving him Okay, without that being in your heart. And how do you put it in your heart? He said, by the knowledge, meaning the word. So I got to really hide the word in my heart. So that is the light. The gospel is the light. And when I hide it in my heart, there's no way I can continue to walk in darkness. And so when God looks at my heart, he sees the light in my heart. Now he knows that that is one of my brethren, that's one of my followers, because he has put the word in his heart that he don't sin against me. And that light is what's going to shine through when you open up your mouth to help people. They're going to know that it's some light in what you're saying. It's some light. It, it lights some things up for them. They can see some things clearly. You know, that's what the word does is open your eyes to a different kind of reality, to a different kind of truth. It'll make your eyes free, just like it make everything else free. And now you can behold and see wondrous things from the plan of God. Remember he said how else you perish? A lack of vision. And see, when you begin to get that knowledge, man, of Jesus Christ, guess what? Visions will begin to appear to you. See, and because you got the knowledge, so now you ain't perishing. You got a little bit more time now to deal with the knowledge. And, and think about it and get some understanding. Why are you doing that? Why are you processing that? Why are you pondering over that? Visions will begin to come to you. You begin to dream about things and think about things and see visions of things. Did he not say that when he poured his spirit out on 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 altar? They're gonna prophesy. Did he not say old men and young men? They're gonna some gonna see dreams. They're gonna they're gonna see visions. They're gonna see things. You know, mm-hmm. things are gonna light up. Things are gonna spring forward. You know, that's what he said is gonna happen. You know, when that when that knowledge comes. But then he goes on to say, you know, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. A lot of people sometimes say, I read about that, but I just don't understand. I don't see it the way y'all see it. I've been there. I did that. But the key is this. When you come to God, you got to first believe. Mm-hmm. You can't go up in there with no preconceived thinking you know more than God. You, you got to fall on your sword, man, and say, Lord, if you don't show it and reveal it to me, I'll never know it. You know, he told me to close that Bible, and, and one thing is necessary. He said, you got to have the code and the key, the key to the kingdom, is you got to believe. 
when you come to me, the light of the world, you have to believe that I'm the light of the world. And then if you believe that, I'm going to share my light with you. Because I want you too to be the light of the world. I want you too to be that city that sit on you. That your light so shine. Cannot be hid. That men see your good works and they too glorify our Father with your Father. Our Father which is in heaven. And so it's God's way, you know, of revealing to us. Not our way, not man's way, you know. There's only one true light comes from him. In the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, verse 14, King James Bible says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That's a wake-up call. To this dark world out here, yeah, it's darkness on this land, and gross darkness on the people in this land. But look at what the Lord is saying: how to get you out of darkness. He said, "You got to wake up to some different realities." There've been some, there've been some commandments that have been given from the beginning to show you how you can you can deal with your darkness on your land. You can get over your darkness on your people. It's the same commandments because I'm the same yesterday when I spoke to them then, my people. I'm the same today. I'm going to be the same tomorrow. I ain't changed my life. I ain't changed my life plan. Your life bill has been paid if you if you take advantage of this life. You'll never walk in darkness again. Georgia Power can't give you this life. The world can't give you this life. You know, you know panels out there can't give you this life. This light only comes from me. And I, sh- I already shined it near you, but you haven't taken advantage of it. You've looked for light in other things. You look for your way out in other dark things that lead you into more darkness, you know. But he says, hey, look here, you know. <clears throat> he says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest. Wake up. Don't walk around in darkness like you unaware of what's going on. And arise for the dead and Christ shall give. He said, for, he says, from the dead and Christ shall give you give thee life. Remember the situation in Ezekiel when the Lord told me, look at them and tell them what he said. He died dead, dry bones. The Lord said, can they live? Yeah. You know, can, can, they, can they handle some light to bring them to life? Remember now, the light is the life of, of them dry bones. You know? And then Ezekiel said, yeah, Lord, he prophesied to them and they started coming together and found they, they He was talking about how spiritually dead people were in that region. It's the same thing today. And Isaiah prophesied in the book of Isaiah chapter 60, he says, Arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. That's what he said back there in the beginning. You know, and when Christ came, that was the personification of it, the manifestation and the magnification of it. You know? And so he wants that same light to be in us, to give light to people that are dead spiritually. He goes on to say in the book of First John chapter 2, verse 8, he says, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which things is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. And uh, uh, another reference is in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 23. It says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And so if he's the same today, same tomorrow, and going to be the same in the city that he went, the new Jerusalem, the new earth, the new heaven, we already have access to, to that light now. And we should be walking in that light now as he is the light. How fast can I walk in it? The counsel of the word. You got to get the word, you know, because the word is that light. And when that word enters your heart, it giveth you light. So that any time you find a situation where it seems like you're sleeping on the J-O-B as a Christian, you know, remember when we talked about responsible brethren this morning, responsible men, obedient men, guess what? You have a source of light in you that can quicken you in a dark situation. It comes from within. All you have to do is stir that gift up. You know, stir that gift up. Ask the Holy Ghost to bring it back to your remembrance. Remember what he said? The light of the knowledge of Jesus Christ will shine. It's like turning on a light switch. A lot of times we look without, we don't look within. We don't look at the treasure that we put in our hearts. Some of us right now, if you face a situation, you ask God to bring something, or the Holy Ghost, God to bring something back to your remembrance, he'll do it just like that. But most of the time, we try to think our way through it ourselves. And we are limited. 
But if we would arise and awake out of our dead sleep, and I'm saying dead sleep to the things of God, and know that there is a there is a God who wants to help us to be able to see the light mm-hmm. and follow the light that He is in the light. Yeah. You know, and that's why you look into the law because it is the light in the life of all men. It keeps us from purposely, intentionally walking in darkness. And sometimes when ignorance is, in, is there, this is what causes good people sometimes to walk in darkness because they're ignorant. They're ignorant of the true light. They're ignorant of the true light. Let's just face it. People perish for a lack of knowledge. People perish for a lack of vision. The Lord has allowed the light to shine all around us, but when people get so inundated, Pastor Sheridan, so focused on all the darkness, they don't look for no light. They don't expect no light. They start saying if government would do this, if man would do this, if society would do this, if the news folk would do this, if people would do this right here. They start looking to all, all the wrong sources. But the Lord said, arise out of that kind of thinking. All right? That means you're asleep to the things of God. You're dead to the things of God. You know, you got to see God in everything. You know, you have to see him in everything. When you see him in everything, he will be in everything. But those who walk in the light have to be the ones to lead people to the light. And if you don't have no light in you, let me give you an example. You're a Christian person, but everything come out of your mouth is something negative. Everything come out of your mouth is something negative. Mm-hmm. You're not walking in no light. You're walking in darkness. And you're causing others to walk in darkness. Mm-hmm. See, you're the one that have the ability. We're the ones that have the ability to speak those things that be not as though they are. So if I see a dark situation... I'm to I'm to arise above that by yeah. speaking things that are not there that appear to be temporary, but things that that can be there, you know, based on what God has said. Declaring those things that be not as though they are. The Bible said we have the power of life and death in our tongue. Now remember, the power of life and death. So what is what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the life of the knowledge of God. So that's what I got to speak, because when I speak that knowledge, when I speak that, put God in remembrance of it, it's, it's amazing how it seems like a light will go off. And you hear people sometimes say, that, 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 that word was for me. Or, Pastor, I got it. I understand. Because the light came on in darkness. And they'll say, Pastor, I never saw it that way. I never thought about it that way. It wasn't explained to me that way. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know a lot of y'all, especially pastor, you done had that feedback before. before. When you took the time to explain to them, well, this is what the words say. And you said it again, this is what the words say. But what did the scripture say? You keep bringing them back to the light. Mm-hmm. And eventually the light switch going to go off in their head and their minds and their thoughts. And they're going to be like, I, 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 pastor, I really do see what you're saying. I, I got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But it was always there from the beginning. It was just we were so surrounded and inundated with so much darkness until we fixated our eyes on the darkness and we did not look beyond the darkness because the darkness is temporary until the light shows up. It remains until the light shows up and then it dissipates. That's why he said at the entrance of thy word it giveth light. Mm-hmm. And that can be in an individual life and struggle. That can be in a whole community. That can be in a church full of titles. That can be in a world. That, that can be in a nation, a country. That's without spiritual life. That's what he meant when he told Ezekiel to look down there in the valley. That was a picture of the world at the time. Spiritually, they were, that, that's where they were at. Nobody was going after God. Nobody was teaching about God. They were teaching about these idols. And the Lord was not pleased with that. And so he raised up a prophet and tells this prophet, do you believe prophet who are walking in the light? Do you believe that them 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 dead spiritually dead folks down in the world can live? And see, Ezekiel had got caught up in the light of the of, of the God in the spirit of God. He was caught up. He could see the light when no one else could. Most of those prophets could. Why? They had a road to the truth of God. They had a road to the knowledge. That's why they arrived. That's why that's why Isaiah wrote that. He said, "Arise and shine, for the light is gone." He knew because it had come in his life, and he knew that if it come in his life, it could come in anybody else's life. And he wasn't trying to introduce no new way to them. He was trying to let people know the same way I got it, the same way you can get it. The same way he revealed it to me, he'll reveal it to you. But you got to arise and shine as though the light has already come. 
You know, you can't perfectly go out there walking around in darkness, talking about darkness, because you're creating darkness. That's right. You know, and you have to really believe to see the goodness of the Lord in that. You have to see that the goodness is another form of light. If you got darkness and you see light, then that's good. That's good. And I'm not going to say it. Some people, I say this. Some people say, I'm not going to say it till I see it. Well, if you don't say it, you might not never see it. You have creative power. Remember, he gave you the, the, the power of life and death in your tongue. Walk in that light. Walk in that knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what he gave you for. It says everything got to be based, and we go back to verse 7, I think it is, on the knowledge of verse 8, on the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his doctrine that he gave to his disciples so they could walk in the light as he was in the light. Yes. And he inspired Paul and all the rest of them, too, to pick up the same theme and the same teaching. So let's go just a little bit further here. i got about four four more scriptures, and we're going to wrap this up. And so now when you look at the word in that, in that verse 8 there, we just talked about the true light. We just broke it down. We gave you some references. Now we're going to transition and deal with this word, that true light, now shining. And I want you to focus on the word now because this word blesses me every time I see it. Because where it takes me to, Brad Sharon, is when I see the word now, the first thing comes after that to me is now faith is. Mm. Okay. So we're talking about seeing things. But see, if you don't see things by faith, then you're trying to see them without faith. Mm. Remember he said without faith, it works the dead anyway. So you ain't gonna see you ain't gonna see the possibilities of the potential of the work you can do without faith. Mm. That light just ain't gonna go off for you. So we gotta see, we gotta see that it now shines. When? When I see the true light in every dark situation. Why? It's already been before the beginning. So how is it going to show up, Pastor? I got to let my light so shine. Listen to this now. Like a city that sit on a hill. Why would I do that? So that men could see our good work and what else will happen? They too will follow him. Our Father which is in heaven. Just by me letting my light shine. When? Now. Now is the time. Now is the time to arise out of your sleep, out of your dead sleep. Now is the time to arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. You know. And so it's all right there. So let's just take a look at the now shining portion of this scripture. And it says, um, every time you pick up this word and you indulge in it, guess what? A little bit more light is shining. Right then and there, a little bit more light is shining. Why? It's because anytime you engage in the word, how does faith come in? By the word and the word of, you know, faith by the word of God and by hearing the word. So light is actually being turned on every time. And when you get specific about a certain thing, whether that be a healing or deliverance, or financial blessing, whatever that is, you can bring light. You can bring light. Now, now light can shine in that situation. And you just have to be specific. We was up today praying for Brother Calvin. Specific. We know that God is a miracle worker. Guess what? We shine some miracle light, miraculous light in that room today. One of the things I know we did today, we we, we ran darkness out. But light and darkness cannot remain the same place. And so we went up and then let our light so shine. Our prayer light shine. We put God in remembrance of his word with his stripes. We released the full authority of God's word. And we actually began to see the brother get a little bit better the last two days. And we did all that with respect to God's will. We said, Father, that nevertheless, your will be done. And so let's see about this now shining, uh, you know, that, that new day dawn and that spiritual, uh, that spiritual light uh, at the coming of Jesus Christ. And we know what he said. Satan, your adversary, comes up with the tears to destroy. But I come where I came that you may have light and that you may have it more abundantly. He still want to bring that light into dark situations even today. And so over in the book of Luke, again, we read verses, chapter 1, verses 79. Let's look at verse 78 in that chapter. That's the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 78. It says, it says, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us. Now, when the Lord visits, Okay, when a person gives their life to the Lord, God comes right into their heart. When they when they repent of their sins and ask God to, you know, if He comes in and makes us abode with them, and something springs forth. A lot of times when you hear the word, that word faith cometh by hearing. It means a springing forth. But once you hear it with that with that inner ear, it goes beyond and penetrates beyond your natural ear. It gets down in there. 
that that's what he means when he said, "Now faith is." You know, now faith faith cometh by hearing. Boom. That's why, because you just heard the voice of God, and it springs forth. It's like a new revelation. And you know how it is sometimes people say, well, that pastor talking to me. Well, that's because it's springing forth. The revelation, the light is going off, and you see the error of your way. You see you see the reproof. You see the correction. You see the instruction in writing. You see it being, being used as a doctrine of Jesus Christ. And the knowledge of that, that light is shining on the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you're coming into an understanding of it. You're receiving it, and faith follows. Now you're even equipped to walk by faith and not, you know, not by sight. Because faith is walking in the light. What light, Pastor? Now faith is something to think hope for. You're walking in the light of things you're hoping for, even though they don't yet appear. But I know them by faith. I believe them by faith. I speak them by faith. Things that be not as though they are. Well, I'm walking in the light of that. Hey, so already I'm walking in the light. Even though darkness is all around me, I'm not walking in the darkness. I'm walking in the light in the dark. Well, let's just go get a couple more of these right here. So you look at it in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 20, King James Bible, it says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now it'll shine. When we do this now, as as brethren, as Remember, he started out talking to the brethren. He said, if my people would do this, don't worry about the world right now, but if my people that are called by my name will harm themselves and do this, if, if my people would do this, if my people would put on the whole arm of God, if my people would be that city that sit on the hill, if my people would let their light shine in dark, if my people, you know, will follow me as I walk in the light, you know, this is what he's saying there now. He's saying, therefore, cast off the works of darkness. What is the works of darkness, Pastor? Not being all the way in. You know, got to see more before you believe. You know, because I ain't got no degree, so I can't really say. Who said you had to have a seminary degree to serve God? Signs and wonders follow those who believe. In my name, you, you lay hands on the sick and they recover. My name, you cast out devil. In my name, you speak with new tongues. In my name, you think any dread or poison things that won't harm you. It's in the book of Mark, chapter, chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. See, we put all this darkness there, and we have to, we have to, we have to suffer because of our own cre- darkness we created with our own understanding, assuming things that are not really backed up by Scripture. That's why you go to what's written, but that's where the light is at. That's the source of the light. It reveals the revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Yeah. You know, and so let's get a couple more of these, and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, in the book of... Okay, the book of Second Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 19, the King James Bible says this. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So we keep on walking in the light until the day star arises in our hearts. And that way now, people are going to know it's no longer I, but it's the Christ that lives on the inside. Paul walked in this thing, man. And he said, I started by not being ashamed to love the brethren. You know, I started by not being ashamed to love my neighbor. I started by not being ashamed to go back and love those people who I had persecuted. I had to go back to him, man, and apologize, Pastor. That's right. See, the love of Christ in his heart by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is why he could write it to the Roman church. He knew it had happened to him in his heart. He knew it wasn't him no more, but it was the Christ. Right. To deny that power. He had received him. Therefore, God gave him the power to become a son of God, no longer walking in darkness, but walking in the light as he was the light. You know, last person, we're going to bring it in in the book of 1st John again chapter 2 verse 8 again <laughs> a new commandment I write unto you okay which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light now shining there it is now shining now that we have heard the word now that we have taken a look at the word now that we have broadened our understanding of what it's going to take 
as brethren, people of God, family of God, vessels of God, disciples of God, followers, believers, born again, filled with the Spirit, sealed, healed, and in the victory. To love our neighbors. And our neighbors is broader than who we think it is. It's not the house next to yours in the front or the back, but it's people we've never met before. It's la-da-da-da everybody. Black, white, it doesn't matter. God has no respect to person. And we're bound by that. That's the neighbors he's talking about. Praying for those who persecute us. Why? They had the potential to become a neighbor. All they need is some light because they're walking in the darkness. And if they don't see it in us, chances are they'll never see it. So we're going to end right there tonight. Hopefully you got something out of the lesson tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor tonight. Thank you. We heard your voice as you spoke to us tonight, Lord God. And Father, we're just praying now, God, that we're really, really going to please you and serve you. We have to walk in the light that Jesus Christ walked in. We have to walk in the knowledge, which is the light, Lord God, that Jesus Christ gave to us, Lord God. He said, if you walk in this, in this, in this knowledge, you are actually walking in the light of the good news of the gospel and that will shine through you and so father we just thank you and we praise you right now let that be the light that shines in us lord that that knowledge of jesus christ that when we open up our mouths and speak that is no longer us that's speaking but it's the christ on the inside and father we just thank and praise you right now you've sent your word lord god to give us light and you come near lord god and shine the great light father god from the beginning that light has been shining and we're praying that it shines even the more now in the heart of every believer that's on this line and we give you praise, Lord, because this world needs street light. This world needs light to shine. This world needs us to be those cities that sit on hills that cannot be hid, that we not hide our light. But let it so shine, not in arrogance, but in love, Lord God. You said love is the key, Lord God. And if you do it because you love me, then it'll work. But if you do it because you love yourself and you want to be wonderful and famous and you want to create your own light and you want to show forth the light of men and not the light of the, the good news of the gospel, then you're leading people down a path of more darkness. And so, Father, we thank you now. We praise you now. We call people out of darkness, our family members that are unsaved, friends that are unsaved, co-workers that are unsaved. We call all that are in, bound in darkness right now, out of darkness, into your marvelous light. We thank you for it now, God. We pray now, God, that seeds have been planted tonight and that it's causing people's eyes to awake and, and out of their dead sleep. And they're seeing the light for the first time, and they're making a change right now. They're walking away from darkness. They're turning away from darkness. And they're turning and walking toward the light, the true light, which is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We thank and praise you for this word. Now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, y'all.